WrestlePlug 444 Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hashtag get plugged in. The refreshing, empowering moment that we have all wanted from WWE. It's like ordering a, a medium pizza and then turning up with an extra large and a bottle of Coke. You absolute moldy cheese fucking baby bell dairy lead dunker shit. What happens is these fucking people live in this fantasy land. Everyone got their shit in. Everyone got each other over. Everyone looked good and made the industry look great. People need to fucking back the fuck off, Ronda Rousey. New to oh. wrestling talent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the WrestlePlug. This is our weekly State of Wrestling Address podcast. It'll be available on YouTube, but you'll also be able to listen to this in audio format. So wherever you're joining us, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And don't forget to have a little word with us at WrestlePlug on social media and let us know what you like, what you don't like. If there's anything you want us to talk about in particular, we really do thrive on feedback. So please let us know. I'm your host, Aaron Nix. I'm the harbinger of professional wrestling, as some people might know me. And I am joined of course by the maple leaf magician himself carl wilkinson oh, they'll, they'll never get old i love that all the time it's just brilliant it is oh, it? it is we wonderful. got some stuff to talk about i guess then eh oh some uh, some stuff here <laughs> some stuff yeah so <sighs> we'll probably have to splice this for the youtube channel actually but let's start with something that's a little bit unsavory shall we so um, it's a little bit of a mishmash. Um, we obviously can't say for sure who's telling the truth, who's not. This is obviously, of course, for legal purposes, allegedly. However, AW has been caught in a suggested bullying slash gaslighting uh, issue. This was raised by former AEW video editor Louis Benson, who wrote a lengthy statement on Twitter about his time working for the company. Uh, For you guys who are listening or are watching who are already aware of the full statement, um, and don't worry, I am going to discuss, of course, his previous tweets as well, um, because we just cover everything here. But we felt that, you know, for full disclosure, we'd read out the whole thing. But if you have already heard it, basically fast forward two minutes, because um, I know Mr. Wilkinson here is not completely up to speed on this. So um, this is what this guy tweeted. Things were very off from the time I started with AEW by way of Comeback Studios. That's quite important because he doesn't work directly for AEW. It's essentially, from what I'm getting, he was working for a company that was outsourced for AEW. Uh, Shortly after I was hired, I was told that Cody, the EVP, as we all know, didn't like me and thought I was a stalker fan based on an interaction I had with him at All In. This didn't make sense to me because every other time I'd met him, he seemed friendly, even initiating physical contact with me. But I was told over and over again, if Cody asks, we'll fire you. I became terrified of the man because I had left home and moved eight hours away from friends and family for this job. And I was told my job was in the hands of a guy who already didn't like me. Cody apparently requested that I not be present when he was in our building, which led to me either being made to leave or stuck hidden in a room when he came around, having to ask if I could come out to use the restroom. I was also Jesus told... Christ. I was also told not to talk to any talent, not even friends I'd made before either of us worked there. This led to really awkward interactions early on when I tried to avoid making eye contact with people I'd had friendly interactions with before or not responding when someone would attempt 
to talk to me. I didn't receive credit for work I'd done in a road to series because Cody only wants, this is in quotations, Cody only wants these two people to have credit. When I brought up that other people had credits, I was told the only reason we credited everyone else was because they were being babies about it. Uh, I wasn't allowed to post on social media about my job. I couldn't even update my LinkedIn. I was the only employee this applied to as my co-workers would advertise weekly that they worked for AEW or would post pictures on set or with members of the roster. After being told for months that Cody didn't want to even be in the same building as me, he showed up randomly on a weekend while I was working and I literally came face to face with him. He greeted me like nothing was wrong and gave me an aggressive high five after complimenting my all-in shirt. I barely squeaked out the word hi as I walked past him to my office where I sat at my desk hyperventilated because I was terrified that I was going to lose my job because I just so happened to be in the building at the same time. I had finally received a credit in the first countdown special as a production assistant, which they were hesitant to give me, but I had finally received recognition, was tagged in a Facebook post by my boss and had multiple people tagging me to ask if it was my name they saw. I put out a single post thanking people for their support and hoping to make them proud. Throughout the next week, I find out that Cody allegedly screenshotted my tweet and sent it to my boss with a thumbs down emoji. I'm told that I have to delete all my social media or be fired. In the meeting, I asked my direct boss if he had read the tweet, not in a snarky or hateful way. The response was my other boss shouting, don't fucking talk to him like that at me. This led to my six foot five Hall of Famer boss getting my face, intimidating me into deleting my social media in front of him saying, do it now. And he knew I would do it because I wanted the job. And he would remind me constantly that AEW doesn't want you. You would never be hired without me or that this person or that person doesn't like you. So we can't let you be seen by them. It does go on a while, so bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. I went without Twitter for months and had friends attempting to find me to see if I was okay because I had disappeared. During this time, I was mocked by my bosses because I pointed out that forcing me to delete social media was illegal, that I wasn't sure if I wanted to work there anymore, or even saying they should make me start over from zero on Twitter. I'm not sure Cody was even aware that I had edited anything for this company. Apparently, QT Marshall had suggested I edit something when the normal editors were all busy. And he said, really? You're suggesting Louis to me? Even though I had edited a few packages he was in and several episodes of his wife's cooking show, yeah, which I believe is his YouTube show. Um, whatever that might be called. Uh, a shot of brandy, I think it's called. Sidebar so, about QT. He was always very kind to me. And there were plenty of times I felt like he was my only ally in the whole organization. I have nothing but good things to say about QT Marshall. It's nice, I suppose. Uh, finally, in February, Cody made positive remarks to my face, saying that I'd gone through hell and pushed through, and I was the man now, going as far as to say, I like Louis now. It was nice, but out of nowhere, because I'd only had about 45 seconds worth of interaction with him over the past eight months. I don't know if this was an attempt to apologize for how I was treated. Heck, I don't know if he knows how I was treated. He never actually said he was sorry, but I at least felt like I had a monkey off my back. Things got weird when COVID reared its head. Work slowed down. My main job had been working on web shows, dark, control center, etc. I would sit behind the camera and follow the script with a talent, sometimes advising on pronunciations or deliveries. In other projects I've worked on, this is called a producer. I even had talent calling me as such. Tony Schiavone, somebody I greatly admire, gave me one of the greatest compliments I've ever received. You're full of shit, but you're a hell of a producer. But I was warned that I shouldn't refer to myself as producing or being a producer because my boss hadn't said that I was a producer. It didn't matter that I was doing the work or that said boss wasn't in the room for 80% of the shoots because he hadn't decreed it. It wasn't so. 
They stopped shooting Control Center and Top 5 in our studio due to the pandemic, so a lot of my work was eliminated. I was relegated to pretty much no AEW work, just videos that probably needed to be done. <sighs> so do them, and we might put them out eventually. The last thing I edited to completion were the librarian sketches. Admittedly, I was demoralized and my work suffered from it, sending out edits that I was embarrassed by. I wanted to see if I could contribute in other ways, so I tried to accompany a shooter and what I thought was a minor shoot, shooting footage of a debuting talent training, and was denied because they didn't know if it was what the boss wanted. The boss accused me of just wanting to be seen, in quotations. Uh, for some reason, any time I wanted to do anything, they accused me of having some ulterior motive when i put out my thank you tweet they said i just wanted people to know that i work for AEW, which again is laughable because the lead editor posted and still posts by the way regularly about how they work for AEW or edited this or that but one where i tried to show humility was seen as bragging but i digress yes you do <laughs> Uh, it started coming to a head for me around this time. My girlfriend and I had to move out of our apartment and it was our new apartment on a specific day. It was bad timing. We were working from home at the time. So I requested three days off in total to move, a day to pack our stuff, moving day and a day to unpack. These were the first days I had asked off all year, except for the day before Thanksgiving to drive home. When the days off were approved, it was in an email that was done in a very shamey way saying that my days off were mine to use as I please, but I should only need one day off to move. And I was just being lazy by taking three days off and I should have chosen a weekend i didn't have this option when we returned to the office they didn't tell me that the person i shared an office had stayed home because he thought he had covid he eventually tested positive that night my girlfriend had also been informed that a supervisor had covid and she was having symptoms so she had a doctor's appointment and they said we should both quarantine for 10 days and get tested I requested seven days off from work to quarantine and texted, I can't, I can work from home. I don't care. They never sent any work, but a coworker did check up on us intermittently. The day I returned from quarantine, they sent me home immediately, telling me to take another COVID test. And when I got home, they asked me to do a meeting, which was between me, my boss, and two coworkers. For some reason, for them to tell me that I didn't offer hard enough to work from home during quarantine. See, I offered because I said, I'll work from home. I don't care. It meant that I actually didn't care and that by staying home on doctor's orders, I was just not wanting to work. And I didn't have to quarantine for 10 days because it wasn't my doctor who gave the order. Oh, and the coworker who called me was just trying to get me to offer to work from home again. The first time I offered wasn't good enough, I guess. Um, it does go on extremely lengthy. Um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of things going on here. Um, unfortunately, after his incredibly long diatribe was released, uh, a lot of people dug through his old tweets, uh, the majority of which were from around the 2012 region. There are a couple of tweets that suggested that he was quite excited about the idea of Cody's sausage and there was also an extremely offensive tweet where he used a homophobic slur um, beginning with F which is obvious you know and also he used the n-word with a hard er on the end as well in reference to Paris Hilton which has led to a lot of AEW fans using that as an opportunity to debunk his story um, it's a very difficult premise uh, it's also a very difficult subject to kind of delve into but what are your thoughts on this? Like, because from my perspective, even if he has tweeted some awful things in the past, 
that for me isn't enough to completely debunk a story like this and also this story is incredibly lengthy and incredibly detailed it's something that you can read unfortunately he has recently privatized his twitter account um we're not here to say whether he's a nice guy or not. Obviously, somebody uses the N-word in that kind of fashion. I don't have a great deal of respect for personally. That being said, just because he's let out some bad tweets doesn't necessarily mean that this didn't happen. And I'm frankly a little bit alarmed by the reaction from AEW fans who claim themselves to be very all-inclusive and very understanding, you know, in comparison to other companies. Um, what do you, can you make, you know, hmm. sense you know, of this um, situation. It's difficult because a story that intricate with so many details, unless you're some sort of like master manipulator, like like some fucking evil genius, just the amount of detail he goes into, the amount of just the length of it in general, that kind of stuff is very difficult to make up on the fly. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff you'd need to sit down, pen and paper, and go, yeah, this happened, this happened. Oh, let's not forget this. Ooh, this sounds great. It just, it sounds too awful to not be true. And wrestling, we're all aware, this business has had so many instances of hazing or, like, bullshit like that. Like, we just have to look at JBL. That, mm. that guy has done unspeakably un terrible things to people. Like, it... it it was acceptable back then, I guess, you know, in the nineties, you know, people were a lot harder now, but you can't, you can't do that anymore. It's not right. And sure. The, like this guy might have some tweets from back in the day, but to what did you say? 2011, 2012, that's almost 10 years ago. Now I'm not the yeah. same person I was in 2011. God, no, for better or for worse. That's not really up to me, I suppose, but it's definitely like night and day difference. So people get caught saying bad things on Twitter all the time from back in the day. The biggest example I could think of, because uh, it's also wrestling related, is James Gunn said some terrible, apparently had some terrible tweets back in the day, and he got removed from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 as the director. They have since brought him back because the entire cast and crew, including Batista, and who wants to get that guy angry, fought for him and said, we're not going to do it unless you bring him back. He's not who he was then. And that's the biggest thing we need to take away here. Even if he was kind of creeping on Cody a bit, which is, I mean, have you seen Cody Rhodes? He's an attractive guy. It's a little weird, but, you know, fine. He's probably not like that now. And for him to get discredited, for him to just be told, go hide in the broom closet while Cody's here. That's not fair. That's not right. It definitely puts a darker light on Cody Rhodes, who has for all intents and purposes until now seem to have been just an outstanding guy a fantastic person and that's i don't want to believe that but at the same time just again with how much details in the story it's hard not to what disappoints me about the whole scenario is that he may well be embellishing he may well be lying for all i know i don't know that I don't, and the problem with social media, again, we have this big issue where people seem to think that they're entitled to police via social media. Now, ultimately, a lot of people are going to say, what's he putting on social media for in the first place? I agree to a certain extent. This should have been, if it, something he feels that strongly about, he should have taken this to an HI, should have taken this to the proper authorities if it's that much of an issue. 
Um, bringing up his old tweets, I get it. I understand why people have done that. And it's very easy to look at a tweet and say, oh, that thing was terrible. What he said was horrible. Therefore, he should be discredited. Absolutely what he said was fucking atrocious. It really was. Some terrible tweets out there. Really weird ones as well. His excuse for those he tweeted before his account was eventually privatized was that he was trying to be edgy. And when he was younger, he thought he was a bit of an edgelord and a bit cool. Um you know so what what do you want me to say you know i can't bury the individual and all of his accusations solely because he tweeted some awful things a few years ago um and the thing that people are burying the lead on which frustrates me the most is the fact that if he is indeed a terrible person or he has stalker-like tendencies towards wrestlers for whatever reason, then why in fuck's name was his social media not vetted properly? If AEW is indeed this incredibly professional company that everyone claims it to be with such a family environment, then it cannot, you cannot tell me it would have been that difficult to go through his Twitter history, particularly with your money and resources available and see the things that have been said. That's why it frustrates me a lot. And a lot of people are saying, it's not about AEW, he's talking about comeback studios. It doesn't matter. They were working on behalf of AEW. However you want to spin it, the reality is AEW has been mentioned here. I don't know for a fact if it's true, but like I say, I find it highly suspicious that all of these individuals are not vetted. For instance, I am a graphic designer. I am also an incredibly honest and, shall we say, abrasive individual at the best of times. Now, if I get sourced to do work on behalf of a company for another company, perhaps, there is no question, and I would expect them to vet my social media. And frankly, if they did, chances are they probably wouldn't want to use me, <laughs> which is fine. Um, at the same time, it's really not that difficult. And if it was that easy for you know, Joe Bloggs to find said tweet using the N-word or whatever, you cannot, you cannot honestly tell me that it would have been that much more difficult, if not far less difficult, for AEW as a huge professional company to deal with this. And I'm not going to sit here and bang on and make it an anti-AEW thing because I don't hate AEW at all and I don't have any, you know, kind of bias or anger towards any kind of company. I just enjoy what I enjoy. However, AEW fans who are on Twitter saying, oh, well, it's clearly bullshit because he used the N-word once or because he looks a bit suspect or just look at the guy, he's clearly a bit off. These are all things that you claim you're above that WWE would do. And I can guarantee if the scenario had been on the flip side and this had been, uh, this had occurred with a WWE employee, I guarantee people would have been far more sympathetic. Uh, if AEW haven't done anything wrong, fair enough. However, if this story is true, it does at the minimum warrant, re regardless of whether you believe it to be true or not, it it requires investigation. It does, you know? And AEW fans burying their fucking heads in the sand and pretending it's not happening just because they're brand spanking new industry. You know, I see people tweeting all the time. You know, there are tweets right in front of me, right here. You know, there's one literally right here. I'm looking at, you know, because the timeline, all you got to do is put the poor lad's name in to see it. And, you know, when I say poor lads, you know, I, I, people are going to be like, you sympathize with him. No, I do not. I don't give a shit, frankly. I'm covering it for the purposes of our podcast because we don't shy away from this bullshit. It's out there. It's been reported. Why shouldn't we discuss it? That's the whole idea of this medium. There's a tweet here that says, well, AW has an incredibly famous environment for family. 
You know, there's loads of people tweeting it. AEW is well regarded for its family environment. AEW treats its employees well, blah, blah, blah. These are all conjecture. None of you know that for a fact. None of you work backstage. I've seen people saying, I've reached out to Cody Rhodes and I'm awaiting a response. Good for you. (laughs) Anyone can do that. You're not a fucking journalist. That's the other thing that annoys me. Somebody writes for a very low-level dirt sheet and wants to pretend that they're a journalist. We're not journalists. We're discussing this. Simply put... I expect people to treat this story with the same respect that it would be anything else. It's funny, isn't it, how we spent so much time during the speaking out movement almost viciously lambasting, and some would say rightfully so, anyone who dared question the victims. Well, this individual here is a victim, whether you like it or not, in this scenario, according to what he has said. And if people are like, yeah, but he used an N-word, so therefore he's lying... That's not necessarily true. I've done some pretty sketchy things in my youth, for instance, going out, getting drunk or whatever, throwing up behind an alleyway or something, or saying things that I wish I hadn't when I was emotionally charged or whatever. I've never claimed to be a wonderful human being. I've claimed to be an honest human being at the best of times, and I've always apologised in retrospect when I feel like I have not taken the correct amount of responsibility. Because that's what adults do in this scenario. Seems to me like a lot of these AEW fans are so desperate to protect their brand that they're willing to compromise being adults that's my biggest problem with it ultimately i don't really have much else to say i just hope that this actually gets treated with a certain degree of respect because we are out here constantly the same people on social media going oh these women these are all victims they should be believed irregardless of whatever has been said okay so why are we not affording that same treatment to this guy why because he's fat because he's got a you know a neck beard because he looks a little bit stalkery because he looks like the kind of guy you might see taking up two seats at a wrestling event ultimately it seems to me like people are profiling him and then using those tweets as a backup that's not all right either you have to have the same energy throughout and it seems to me that particularly on the AEW side of things people are not using that same energy sorry just is what it is anything to add mate no, just it's another one of those, like, it's almost like a double standard between men and women. And that's will always be a problem in wrestling. I mean, forever. I don't think that's ever going to go away. Because, yeah, I think if a woman had brought up this story, people would just be believing her 100% immediately. But because it's just some guy, they're like, oh, but he was, he stalked her and said the N word once. It's just, it's, like you said, he is a victim here, whether or not it's true, proven true or false, right? At this particular moment, he is the victim here. So he should be afforded that same level of dignity, that same level of innocent till proven guilty, because that's how the law works. Not on the internet, mind you, but in a court of law, that's, that's just how the world works. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not really much else to add. I don't want to bang on out about it forever. Like I say, I'll probably splice this for the YouTube uh, accessibility and that. But ultimately, the biggest problem here lies in the fact that, again, you know, I use it as a, an analogy and it's not the best kind of analogy. Um, if I went down a pub, right? If I went and saw some friends, got in an altercation with somebody or for whatever reason used a racial slur or a homophobic slur, which is unacceptable. And I fully agree with that premise. And he should be held accountable for those tweets. Absolutely, he should, regardless of whether they're old or not. But if I do that 
okay, and upset or riled up a crowd, and rightfully so. And then later that night, I'm walking home and someone jumps out and, I don't know, tries to assault me, tries to attack me in some way. Is that Does that basically mean that that's not a crime, that that's justified because of my misdemeanor earlier? Not really. That's not how the world should work. And I'd like to think that people should be afforded the opportunity to apologize for their mistakes. And also, should there be a mistake? And obviously, the same thing goes for AEW. He might have blown it out of proportion, for all I know. Maybe he just got the wrong end of the stick. But ultimately, it does, if nothing else, warrant investigation. And the reality is that just because AEW is your brand new shiny company, and don't come at me about, oh, well, you just hate AEW. Obviously not, because I went to see the first Dynamite, and I watch this stuff regularly, and Pac is my favorite wrestler in the world, and I'll watch the show solely for him. But just because it's brand new and shiny and it's not run by Vince McMahon doesn't mean that all your favorite heroes on the black and white brand are not just a little bit suspect themselves. Bad people are everywhere, you know? So you can bury your heads in the sand all you want, but ultimately not everything is sunshine and lollipops over there. Moving on. Um, We had some wrestling this week. Uh, Did you watch any wrestling this week? I watched a little bit. I was I wasn't feeling well this week, so I didn't watch a whole lot. But I dabbled. I dabbled. You dabbled. You dabbled. Let's be honest. You saw Alexa Bliss faffing around on Raw, and that's all you need to see, isn't it? Uh, let's let's talk a little bit more in detail. Drew McIntyre wins back the WWE Championship on Raw from Randy Orton. No interference. No money in the bank cash-ins. Nothing. Just a straight Claymore and a win to regain his WWE Championship. And that, of course, means tomorrow night, which is um, because we're recording this on a Saturday night, Survivor Series, of course, will mean that Drew McIntyre main events against Roman Reigns. Um, You touched on it very briefly in our Survivor Series predictions, but here's your opportunity in your lobby to speak about it a little bit more in depth. Um, What do you think about uh, Drew McIntyre regaining the belt? Uh, And in the manner that he did, and also on WWE Raw, it has been a long time since a world title changed hands uh, on Raw, as far as I'm aware. I mean, it's cool. I'm really excited to to have Drew as champ again. I think... His initial run was really, really good. It was obviously hampered by COVID, by the fact that he won it in front of no one, lost in front of no one, has now won it again. But I really enjoyed his reign. Um, the matches with Orton were fine. Like, they kept, I'll be honest, they started getting a little tedious because we just kept seeing it again and again and again. But, like, they bounced off each other well, and the match on Raw was no different Drew came out with the kilt, actually fucking holding a claymore in his hands. Yeah. I thought it was really, really cool. I mean, at the end of the day, now we have Drew and Roman, and I think that's a bigger money match than Roman and Randy. I just, I, I do. That's the company's biggest baby face against the company's biggest heel, theoretically. And I think I said it on our predictions video, which you should go watch, by the way, cheap plug. It was. It's, it's going to be a brilliant match. Big two meaty horses slapping two pounds of shit out of each other. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw some people critiquing it. A lot of people liked it, obviously, because it's a big face win, and I think a lot of people didn't want Drew McIntyre to lose the belt in the first place. I do question why they took the belt off of him when he just won it back three weeks later in a normal match. Uh, and also the fact that Hell in the Cell wasn't like the complete 
you know, it wasn't the completion, the exclamation point, so to speak, to this rivalry. That wasn't the full stop. And I think that's from a booking standpoint, it's not terrible by any means, but it is a little bit frustrating from my perspective. Uh, that being said, I'm very happy with Drew McIntyre's champion. I think he deserves it, like you say, coming out with a sword. Fun little fact, according to uh, some dirt sheets and whatnot, and also something that was actually, I believe, confirmed in an interview, uh, the sword was actually a gift to Vince McMahon from Stephanie and Triple H when they were abroad doing a tour in Scotland. <laughs> and so, you know, the fact that Vince McMahon was like, I've got a fucking sword you can use. <laughs> so, to be fair, if Vince McMahon said that to me, I'd probably exit the building very quickly and not return, particularly if Pat Patterson was looking over his shoulder. Um, allegedly, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, that being said, uh, I I have no problem with it. And of course, Survivor Series looks like a stacked card and we're not going to discuss it because we did it in the predictions video. So head to our YouTube channel, check out our YouTube predictions for Survivor Series. And of course, there's a little bit of a preview in there as well. And obviously we'll review it, hopefully, live on YouTube. So if you listen to this before Survivor Series, fingers crossed you'll be able to watch along with us as we stream live. And then hopefully we'll be able to stream the review live as well. Fingers crossed. Can't guarantee it though, so I won't make a promise just in case people are like, where's our fucking review? all two of you that are listening um as far as the rest of the week goes in wrestling i did watch dynamite i watched nxt some excellent things apparently uh rhea ripley and eo shirai have picked up some injuries i don't know how severe they might be after their fantastic match obviously as you would expect from nxt uh on the flip side of things aw of course will hobbs turned Turned on Cody and the gang. How could you, William? He's uh, now aligned himself with Team Taz. So I actually think that's quite a good move for the rookie. I think that he'll pick up and learn a lot more working around people like Taz, Ricky Starks, um, guys of that ilk. I think he'll just get more from that. Brian Cage, of course, is part of that faction as well. Brian Cage being a similar size kind of man, big giant beast of a man, the hoss that he is, is going to be able to parlay good advice to him on a regular basis if they're obviously going to be working together more because it means they're going to be in the same room together. So that's not a problem either. Pack obviously made his return uh, wrestling-wise and wrestled a fantastic match with Blade. And it seems that... Uh, Eddie Kingston's efforts to deny Penta and Phoenix as a brotherhood has fallen on deaf ears because Penta came out to help uh, Phoenix and Pac and reuniting Triangulo de la Muertes, which I am very excited about. By the way, all you people out there on social media saying it's one of the worst names for a faction ever. Have you not seen the job squad? Come on, do better. Like I've got nothing. You know why? Such a closet. It's probably a closet racism thing. Oh goddamn Mexicans! Fucking then come over here and make names. Like, what's wrong with that? I think it sounds fucking sick. The Death Triangle. That's fucking cool. Simple, effective. Makes for great T-shirts. I'll be buying one. Obviously, I'm a mark because these are probably all in all my three favorite wrestlers in the world. But whatever. Don't care. Um, some good stuff floating around. On TV and of course uh, SmackDown last night as well. We have now found out that Bailey and Natalia will fill the spots available for the women's team at Survivor Series. I saw Kyle's eyes drop slightly there when Natalia's name was mentioned. It was almost like yeah, but I'm pretty sure I I predicted that. I think you said Bailey and I said Natalia. 
Well, there you go. All angles covered. Uh, actually, no, you did think Billy Kay might get in there as well. And that has actually caused a bit of a stir on social media because people obviously need to have everything that they want given to them. Otherwise, they cry. But you know, yeah, I, I don't see a problem with that. By the way, to all the social media accounts I've seen of Stan saying that, oh, Bailey shouldn't be in this position and oh why is bailey letting down this side um she's arguably the biggest star on that team shut your mouth <laughs> just ridiculous what do you think of the uh week's wrestling mate um i mean it wasn't awful raw was good like i was caught up, like i i caught up on the highlights it was good uh, like i said that main event was great fun nxt obviously fantastic always is um i don't really care that finn balor is hanging out with undisputed era but people are marking out because oh my god finn balor adam cole ah! <laughs> <laughs> guys look look at this wow he's still fucking boring so i don't care putting him with four other incredibly interesting guys just shows how even less interesting he is like you're not gonna get to know that on me <laughs> no it, it that's just that doesn't work but you know whatever it's Maybe they'll go into war games. I'm not going to do that. My throat hurts. I'm not going to pull my regal war, war games. games. <laughs> Love it. I am British. Um, <laughs> no. I didn't watch. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch Dynamite because for the last few weeks it's just been depressing and I don't care. It was all right. Then, oh, by the way, Kenny Omega was, yeah, he did a, like a, they did a contract signing for Moxie and Omega and Moxie being taken out. Uh, something actually I did want to ask you, what do you think about the fact that the big match Moxie and Omega is going to be on a kind of, they're doing a very similar kind of thing to what Impact does, where they use an Impact slot for a pay-per-view. It's going to be called Winter is Coming. I believe it's December the 2nd, and that will feature uh, John Moxie versus Kenny Omega for the Heavyweight Championship. So we're just going to get a title swap on free TV? Pretty much, yeah. Well, to be fair, Rod just did it on Monday. Shut up. But, but, like I said on our Survivor Series predictions, for the last three years, a championship has always switched hands the week leading into Survivor Series because Vince just gets a random idea and goes, Hey, that'll be a good idea. Yeah, I don't think he's giving so, it away on TV. I think it's more a case of he hasn't realized that he books himself into a corner with this champions versus champions thing with the brand thing. Cause then all of a sudden, if the match doesn't align, you've got to move the belt around, which is why mm-hmm. we're getting Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. And nobody gives a flying fuck. Not yeah, like both those guys, but I don't care about that match and it shouldn't last no. more than two minutes. Cause look at Bobby Lashley and then look at Sami Zayn. Yeah, no, I, and I love Sami Zayn, but we talked about this before. It's the little too little too late for me with Sammy. He's got yeah. the championship great, but they didn't capitalize on any of his incredible popularity when he first debuted. So whatever. And then yeah. SmackDown last night, uh, the contract they did have the contract signed between uh, Roman and Drew, and mm. Roman sat at the head of the table. Like I just kept, I saw people losing their minds. Like they weren't sitting face to face. He had Anna Pierce, and then across from him was Drew and Roman sitting at the front because he's like, yeah, I'm. At the head of the table, bitch. He loves it, doesn't he? It, it, yeah, just those nice little nuances was really cool. Living his best life at the moment, Mr. Reigns. He's doing very well. He's doing very well. He's doing incredible work. So, yeah, and then we've got a Survivor Series t- tomorrow. Jesus Christ. Night, yeah. Rolls around quick. It does. Yeah, um, should be an interesting one. 
So I look forward to that. And like I say, if you want to know our thoughts on Survivor Series, check out the YouTube video because we're not giving it away for free like AEW. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Uh, in terms of impact, what do you think about the fact that the new tag team champions are, of course, the Good Brothers? Uh, it's a dope. Honestly, it, uh, I want uh, I want to love it, but it feels like they've just taken a knife right here, twisted a little. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? You what the problem with that is for me? I don't have a problem with that overall because I love both tag teams, but I, I love the North, um, and we're about to discuss the PWI Tag Team One Hundred because um, I cannot wait to get into that. And I know it's just a list, but hey, we are here, and we may as well. Let's be honest. You know by now the whole purpose of this podcast is to entertain you by talking about shit that frankly doesn't matter. <laughs> None of it really matters. True say. Talk about it nonetheless. Um, as far as impact goes, they've kind of conditioned me to this long-term champion, you know, uh, the North were champions for a year. Then the Motorcycle Machine Guns won it, and it felt like, oh, okay, it's not just going to be a nostalgic kick in the sense of, like, here it is for a wait and then piss off. They're going to keep it for a while. Alex Shetty gets injured, of course, at the last pay-per-view, Bound for Glory, I believe. And, of course, we have the titles change hands back to the North, which is great. But they just felt like transitional champions this time around for the Good Brothers to pick them up at turning point. That's a bit of a disappointment for me. I felt like they could have made a much bigger deal out of this, maybe waited until hard to kill, maybe given them more time. Um, and obviously, this week, we said goodbye to the Rascals from Impact Wrestling, who are, of course... Yeah, it was quite an emotional moment as well. And man, you could... When Trey Miguel cries, I cry. I can't, man. I can't deal. I can't do that. I cannot. I cannot. Trey, no. I can't handle that. No rascal should ever cry. Unless, of course, it's because here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I um, yeah, that was a really cool. Oh, I can I just say as well, Rich Swan was really great and really uh, a great device in helping to say goodbye to mm -hmm. the Rascals the right way, you know. And I actually really love him as well, champion. And I know that a lot of these obnoxious fucking bell ends like Meltzer and the like are going to be like, oh well, we don't acknowledge. Uh, impacts world title as a world title. I don't give a shit what you do or don't acknowledge as a world title. It's a fucking world title. Get over yourselves. And Rich Swan is fantastic as champion. I'm really happy about that. I didn't know whether I'd be truly invested in that, but I am. I love Impact. I think Impact has been killing it. You know, the who shot Johnny Bravo stuff just rolls on so nicely. Hopefully, there's, I mean, come on, the pay per view is called Hard to Kill in January, isn't it? Like, <laughs> there has to be some sort of resolution there, surely. But it rolls on nicely. I quite like the look of things. And I just I enjoy Impact. It's an easy watch for two hours. And my God, every time the North are on my screen, Ethan Page makes me fucking piss my pants laughing. <laughs> I love him so much. I'm He's brilliant. I'm huge. I've always loved the North. But more so for Josh Alexander, because I just love him. He's he's just a, he's a fucking he's a geezer, is what he is. He's a fucking bloke, and I love him. I love Josh Alexander. He's just a real man's man. Oh, he's so fucking fit. And yeah, no, I just love him. Um, but Ethan Page has just exploded, and just yeah, you can't deny that palpable charisma 
You know, he's he's great. I love him. Also, Diona Perazzo, uh, recapturing the women's championship as well. Not something I particularly hate. However, wasn't keen on the idea of transitional championships. And obviously, mm-hmm. we had two of them. You okay with Diona Perazzo being knockouts champion again? Or would you like to have seen a longer run uh, involving, of course, Sue Young? No, I mean, I love Diana Perazzo. I think she's just she, fantastic i think the reason she has the title again now is because i don't know if we've actually talked about it, but you know billy k is not wrestling anymore at least for the foreseeable future she's having who i think billy k? Or, not billy k sorry Bobby Bobby Ray. Ray. <laughs> yeah i knew what i was talking about jesus christ i'm sorry guys i slept for like five hours i'm not but the story was going to continue yeah kylie ray is gone now i think she was probably going to win the title and probably have a good long reign but then you know, she had to step back. She's having, I'm just, I, I don't know for sure what the problems are, but whatever they are, I hope she comes back. I hope she can figure them out and come back because she's amazing. Or just adorable. find happiness in whatever you yeah, do. Exactly. So that being said, then Sue Young got it because Susie was friends with Kylie for a while. And then I think they kind of just, it's, it's kind of like a Rey Mysterio winning the world title when Eddie passed away. Like Kylie stepped away. So Young just comes in and wins it, and then they're like, oh, what do we do now? Oh, well, put it back on Dion, I guess. And I'm fine with it. Like I said, she's an incredible performer. So well, give her a nice long run again. We've also got the knockouts tag team titles back and the tournament. We still don't know who Jordan Grace's partner is. It's a, got lots of mysteries on Impact. Yeah, I think that's why I like it. They actually, and the great thing is, it's kind of weird because it's not that popular in terms of numbers. Um, it almost feels that you're far less likely to have something on impact ruined for you. And because of that, I enjoy it more. And they're willing to push the boat out and have exciting, almost organic kind of moments. And that seems to be lost on wrestling, is that enjoyment that I always used to get. You know, why do you watch the Royal Rumble? Because of the unpredictability. That's what makes the Royal Rumble good. I guarantee, if you gave me every single person from 1 to 30, I probably wouldn't watch the Rumble either, because I wouldn't care. The reason I watch the Rumble is because I like the surprises, I like the returns, I want to see something crazy, the organic pop. Come on, Edge's music hit, and it's like, oh my god, you're just overwhelmed with emotion, and so was he. And moments like that are what we live for as wrestling fans. That moment that takes you completely out of your reality and drags you into their reality. That's what's so cool about wrestling, and Impact are trying to do things like that, and I really admire that. I really do. Love the use of their talents as well. You know, let's be honest, right? If Rohit Raju walks into the locker room or walks into a WWE tryout, what's he really realistically going to do? Impact, right? You can turn your noses up at it. And there was a time where it was just a graveyard for decrepit WWE fossils. That's no longer the case. You know, they are able to maximize talents. Rohit Raju, okay? Rich Swan. You know, Eric Young is a really good example of that. People, Diana Perazzo was just swanning around, not really doing a great deal, despite being incredible. She is one of the best technical women's wrestlers in the world. Okay. And she's got great charisma too. She's beautiful in every sense to look at her style of wrestling, the way she carries herself. She feels like a big time mainstream star. And what was she doing in NXT? Not a great deal. Oh, you know, you've got, you've got to have a gimmick. <laughs> you got to have some fun. Uh, no, 
you know and it's not even a case of i'm pissed off at wwe for not using it properly some people just simply don't work in that system and they do work in this system diana prazo is a fine example of that i like impact you know i say it every week watch it please give it an opportunity wherever it's on i believe it's on access tv over there um i have no idea i think it's on premier sports over here which i'm not a particularly big fan of because that's actually a pay-to-view channel um as far as i'm aware but you know don't quote me on that don't light up the comments but ultimately please give it an opportunity even if you have to stream it or you know ultimately it's on twitch as well if you're in north america i believe you can watch it for free on twitch and twitch is free you know you can stream it and come on everything's going that way now everybody streams you know hell we're fucking doing it (laughs) you know so give it an opportunity you might be surprised at how much you enjoy and if you don't enjoy it great no problem it's plenty of wrestling for you but if you don't give it an opportunity how can you say whether you like it or not it's just the way it is um not really much else to talk about to be honest mate as far as state wrestling you got anything you want to talk about anything you want to mention i just kind of want to carry on that last point a bit like i've been singing impacts praises for probably the last year and a half now maybe two and i'll I'll say it again like you already did this is not a graveyard or a retirement home for you know wwe guys that just want a place to go they have got they're grooming their own talent they're bringing in huge names like they could have brought in the good brothers five years ago no way in hell but now not only are doc ellis and carl anderson there they're their fucking tag team champions this is a promotion that has gone through so many changes it's almost 20 years old now you know formed back in 2002 and sure nwa tna then tna and then gfw or whatever the legal thing with jeff Jarrett was none of that matters because now they are impact wrestling they have an incredibly stacked roster that just have match after match they're always really really good too amazing they've got i mean josh matthews pisses me off but you know whatever we get Don Callis if he, when they probably, whenever the quarantine's over, we'll get Don Callis back and that mm-hmm. will be well, great. He does pay per views, doesn't he? So I think so. Yeah. We just, I need him on my screen. I think, more. I think it's more a case of he just wants to do pay per views than it is <laughs> anything else. So, but I do like Madison Rain. I think she's phenomenal as a color commentator. I really do. Yeah. I mean, husband and wife bounce off each other well enough, I suppose, but his voice just bothers me. I just okay. sometimes want to punch him in his face. But, the product is fantastic. The stigma that's been stuck on them for years should be gone by now. So you guys just need to give them, just watch one show. Just watch one. That's all we ask for. If you like it, then you're welcome. If you don't like it, I'm not going to tell you to fuck off, but I'm going to be a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, I think we'll round things out with a PWI tag team top 50. The first ever PWI list for tag teams was released, and who would have funked it? Um, FTR finish at number one, ladies and gentlemen. According to PWI, they are the best tag team. Now, of course, we know it's a fake list, so we're not going to dwell on it forever, and ultimately, I don't want to sit here for 45 minutes and break down this list. I've only got the top 10. Um, but, you know, like I say... PWI Tag Team Top 50, FTR, were voted, of course, by Pro Wrestling Insider as the best tag team of the last calendar year of sorts. Any particular issues with FTR being number one? I mean, does this still include the back end of their WWE run where they're like in the shower shaving their backs and shit? 
the evaluation period ran from October the 1st, 2019 through to September the 30th of this year. So okay. pretty much from the entire inception of AEW. Okay, so... Um, dynamite, that is. I mean, their, their Dynamite stuff has been... Like, the matches have been good for the most part. I'm not against it, but I don't... They're not my number one. And I'm... When we get to my number one in the list, I'll let you know. But it should be fairly obvious. <laughs> well, the top ten is FTR at number one. Number two is Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Bullshit. Number three is the Golden Role Models, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yep. It's a fantastic bit. The North, of course, are number four. Uh, the Street Profits are number five. Gorillas of Destiny, number six. The Lucha Brothers are number seven. The New Day, number eight. Kabuki Warriors made it in at number nine, which I was really thrilled about because they actually were fantastic for a large proportion of that time. And uh, number 10 is Rapungi 3K, Yoan Show. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good top 10 list. I still think, again, it's probably a little biased, but I still think the North had a better year than FTR. I mean, they were champions for the entire year. They had stellar match after stellar match. They did not do anything bad, whereas FTR had that stupid bullshit. No young bucks as much as... in the top 10. Yeah, they don't even deserve to be on the list. Um... <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I just think the North had a better year. I'm really actually excited, though, that the Golden Role Models were on there because Bailey and Sasha fucking killed it. I'm really, really happy they were there. That's a great show. I actually, do you know what? Normally, I look at this list and I think, oh, fuck you. And it just annoys me because it's clearly biased depending on how you look at things. But I actually don't really have too many problems with this list. I would also have the North at number one. I think it's actually a bit of a disservice. And I can guarantee you if they had that kind of showing at any other company, they would have got in. The fact that Impact is so much maligned and so kind of you know disregarded and yet they were still able to make it in a number four is actually probably quite a decent achievement particularly when you look at pwi and they don't give a shit about impact no, very no. evident um i i don't think ftr belong at number one simply because until they came in into AEW, which admittedly was only a few months ago um <sighs> I don't think that they had done a great deal and certainly not enough to warrant, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. If there's one thing I will not discredit is their talent. They are by far and away one of the best tag teams of the modern era. There's no arguing that. And no doubt with the correct amount of work, no question they should be in this list and no question they should be near the top. But if anyone can honestly tell me to my face without, you know, any kind of humor that the North have not been the most successful tag team, of the past year, whether that be promo-wise, entertainment, match quality, match wins, you know, from a kayfabe, non-kayfabe standpoint, I'm gobsmacked. I really am. So, you know, I get it. Uh, I, I don't agree with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega being in there. I, I agree they should be top 10, as much as that pains me to say, because I despise tag teams that are singles wrestlers. But, you know, to be number two, and for AEW fans to just push this preposterous uh, angle that they had the greatest tag team match of the modern era is just frankly insulting and also really disrespectful to so many great tag teams. I will say one thing I would have liked to have seen the Rascals breach the top 10. I think they were worthy uh, of that. But yeah. even then, it looks to me like uh, you know, they've had a bit of a slow time lately, haven't they? Of course, you know, with I think Impact were aware and they were obviously shopping around and 
to be honest, the Rascals have still got many great years ahead of them. I guarantee that they'll be at number one at some point, particularly with their imminent run in WWE, if that is the case. Shout out to Desmond Xavier for being so nice to me on social media. Could have told me to go and sling my hook. He follows WrestlePlug. Uh, he follows me personally as well. He's a really nice guy, Desmond. Um, and I didn't probe him or anything, but I just said, wherever you go, mate, have a good time. And, you know, he was just as you would expect from one of the rascals, just a very loving and nice guy. Always had so much time for them as professionals, as individuals, people who were very inspirational to me when I started training, guys who, you know, were very happy to kind of speak to me if I ever asked. You know, they were always happy to sort of say, yeah, yeah, maybe try this, maybe try that. They were very, um, you know, forward thinking there. It's like, same as proud and powerful as well. Very disappointing, actually, that they didn't make the top 10. Um I think that a lot of that, you know, it's a shame because if you'd done this a year before, Proud and Powerful would have no doubt been number one in my in my book. Them and Lucha Brothers would probably be top two. Yeah, I mean, Lucha Brothers still made number seven. Uh, if you've watched a lot of the Triple AR stuff, it's difficult as well, you know, to really, really dig into this list because it's the COVID era of wrestling. You know, it's difficult, yeah. it's tough, and we're not exposed to the same kind of level of quality wrestling that we normally would be. And it has been kind of condensed and marginalised with the you know, severe lack of independent wrestling that has been afforded to us over the last year. But i got to say, this is probably the least emotionally, you know, responsive I am to a list. It's fine. It's a list. It's cool. It is what it is. Any, any closing thoughts, sir? No, I mean we pretty much had the same reaction to the list, this list as we did for the women, as we did for, or no, the men and women had their own list. I'm pretty sure. Or a uh, combined list, I believe this year, which is, you know, like I said, it's just a bullshit list from a bullshit wrestling magazine. Like it doesn't actually matter. Their opinion doesn't make Vince go, Vince go, man, look at these guys go, or Tony, actually this probably gonna make Tony Khan do something stupid. The little fucking dick munch. I swear to God, fucking Christ. He's just going to be, pushing these guys to the fucking moon now Ugh. but i mean it is what it is i still think the north did have the best year but you know it is what it is they're still they were on the cover they made four out of 50 and they're in some very elite company just in the top five so yeah i'll yeah. take it as a win yeah, and in closing to this podcast, a big congratulations to John Moxley and Renee Young, or Renee Paquette, I believe her full name is, uh, who are expecting their first child. Massive congratulations, and also uh, a little bit of a shout-out. I know it's not po as popular uh, for some people, but I wanted to give a shout-out to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. They look, uh, Becky looks absolutely astonishing. She's glowing, dude. Yeah, she really is glowing. There is no other word you can use in that term and obviously i don't want to come across as offensive or disrespectful disrespectful should i say and you know completely by accident they just both look fantastic and i'm sure everyone involved is going to make for fantastic parents but you know particularly for john moxie and um for renee just fantastic stuff so yeah uh, all personal feelings aside about whether i think john moxie is a huge star for it doesn't fucking matter what's most important is i hope they all everyone involved has very healthy happy you know newborns and lives a very fulfilled life as parents because that's a big deal 
it's not something I want to do, but it's a big deal for them, and I'm very, very happy for them. So, yeah, that'll do as far as the state of wrestling address goes, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear us talk about. Hell, leave it in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. Sling a quick comment down there and say, I want to hear you guys discuss this. I want to hear you guys tear this apart. Whatever it is, we'll get into it. We've got shiny cameras, shiny microphones. We're, you know, trying to sort out the setup and get it sorted. I promised you guys I'd get a green screen. I have a green screen. Still trying to work out all the kinks and things in terms of recording, so bear with us a little bit. But hey, we really want to put this stuff to use. Carl Wilkinson, I know you have started twitching it up, so why don't you plug your Twitch channel so people can watch you participate in mucho gaming on the, your Twitch channel? Yeah, it's a, it's a little weird actually having people interested in watching me play video games, but then again, you guys listen and watch me here, so it's not that much different, right? Uh, so it is... Uh, We'll probably put a link in the description as well. Uh, it is uh, twitch.tv slash xhistoria. The, these, uh, the circle is a zero as opposed to a no. But uh, that's just the name I use for League of Legends, which is my predominant streaming game. So yeah, you can watch me. Uh, I, my sister will join me. Uh, her fiance, some of my other friends will just have some absolute fucking nonsense. But it's uh, it's real, really fun. And if you guys want to drop by... Uh, I'm there. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, uh, I most likely will not be involved in those streams because I, for the life of me, can't get my head around why people love League of Legends so much. Don't Dude, I terrible. don't even I don't even like it anymore. I just play it because my sister like like my sister's learning. This is the first time year she's yeah. played it, and at this point, I'm just playing it so she doesn't play alone. I don't she really have to like, suffer like I did. I don't like uber fantasy magical stuff. Anyway, it's not my thing, so it's just not my cup of tea. Don't come after me. Um, but and also, I'm not a huge fan of the top-down mechanic unless I'm playing something like... Like right now, I'll give you an idea of how old I'm getting, ladies and gentlemen. I'm playing Command & Conquer and Red Alert Remastered. Oh. You know? Oh. And I've also got all... I also bought... You can get it right now for three quid, about four or five dollars, right? If you go on uh, any... Uh, go to CD keys or whatever, you can buy... Not the remastered, but the original Command and Conquer 17 game pack. It's got Command and Conquer, Red Alert, Red Alert 2, Tiberian Wars, literally all of them, right? It's about five dollars. You can get a code to download it all digitally via Origin. So if anyone wants something to do to pass the time in the COVID era, head to that. Uh, and as a quick cheap plug for I wrap things up, ladies and gentlemen, wrestle plug obviously has some t-shirts you can see one actually next to me right now so if you want something like that or you want a specific design involving our logo or whatever and you want to support the podcast pro wrestling tees.com slash wrestleplug and if you are on the european borders more save yourself a lot of money and shipping head to wrestleplug.bigcartel.com each site has different t-shirt designs which is great so there's something different and unique for everyone involved um from myself Aaron X, and from carl wilkinson thank you very much for joining us for the state of wrestling address and we'll catch you very soon for more nonsense from the wrestle plug <laughs>